Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey, welcome back once again um, to another episode of Active Listening. I'm your host, Marco Galbraith. Today we've got uh, re- I think you've been in just about every job that you can possibly be in. Uh, <laughs> That's true. William Harvey, retired police chief, uh, worked in at Savannah Police Department, and just from talking to you and knowing you, you've done a lot uh, in that department. Talk, tell about yourself. Talk about your background. Well, real quickly, I was born here in Central Virginia in Appomattox. Okay. Uh, Ended up going United States Army Military Police Corps, graduating Federal Law Enforcement Training Center as a federal agent with the Army. Uh, was recruited by the Savannah Police Department and 23 years there, uh, ending up as a director of training for then about a 650 officer department. Uh, I've trained from Alaska to Ireland. Uh, I'm a, on the board of directors of ILEDA, International Law Enforcement Educators and Trainers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write for several different companies. You can always find me on the web. Uh, then I was a chief of police for 17 years in central Pennsylvania, um, in addition to working with an incident management team for Pennsylvania. So uh, sometimes I would show up on what we call the dark sky days. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm kind of what they call a purple person. Mm-hmm. You know, we think blue for police, red for fire, uh, whatever. You mix them all together, it comes out purple. So right. having worked as an EMT, having worked as a policeman and a volunteer firefighter at times, so I'm the purple guy in the room. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We, we, uh, hitting it from every angle. Um, and so and you and I have talked about Miss Wilkes uh, in Savannah. Wow. <laughs> Got to go there. So it wasn't a bed and breakfast. I, it, it's you You sit down and they serve you. So you sit with strangers Correct. at a big table. And she brings out, oh, home-cooked food. And uh, I always remember that about going to Savannah's. We got to go to Miss Wilkes' house. Yeah, and there's a few other places. Call me for tips. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We will. So, with your when you teach safety, when you teach um, training and keeping people safe, you and I are kind of in the same line of business. What's the first question you ask of a person? Usually, I ask them, "When was the last time you had a fire drill at your home?" Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, nobody raises their hand. Right. And so then I say, "Well." You're here to try to learn the high-speed, low-drag stuff, and you haven't done the basics yet. Right. And this is how I want people to start. You've got to start with elemental elemental things right. to make your family safe. And I always ask them, I said, you know, when's the last time you sat down and had a talk with your family over if something should happen in the neighborhood? You know, you always know in a neighborhood or wherever you live, there's always maybe one family who can become dysfunctional or whatever, right. and it spills out into the street. Have you told your children what to do in case they see a domestic violence going on. Right. You don't want them involved in it. I mean, when I was over public housing, we used to teach uh, the children to lay down in the cast iron bathtubs because that would stop bullets, mm-hmm. which a child should not live that way. Right, right. But, you know, we need to have these conversations with our family. What should happen if something bad happens in the neighborhood? Uh, if there is even a natural disaster about a reunification plan on how we get back together. Right. So it's, it's something that needs to be done. Yeah. It's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen in my neighborhood. I always say it doesn't happen 
here until it happens here, then it happened here. Well, what I always say for levity is this. I said, you know, if you look in your neighborhood, there's one out of three neighbors who might be crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who they are, it might be you, Marco. That's right. That's right. It is. It is me. It, my neighbors know I'm crazy. <laughs> um, but you're right. You have to have a plan. What is your mission? My mission is, you know, everybody wants to be almost like paranoid. It's a zombie invasion or whatever. No, it's not. This is what I have coined this phrase, but what if then thinking. Mm-hmm. In other words, we got to train for probability and then prepare for possibilities. And it's kind of like when you and I both live down the southeast on, by the ocean. Mm-hmm. And what do we practice down there all the time? Hurricane evacuation. Yep. It's part of the admission for living by the sea. So... We were good at that. Yeah. But maybe some things we weren't good at. Right. So I think what we should all have people do here is think about the things that could occur, mm-hmm. and then let's have some preparation for that. And it's like I said, it's not the zombie invasion, but it's just good common sense responsible That's right. living. That's right. That's right. When I teach the active shooter training, you know, I tell these businesses, I'm not going to come in and teach paranoia, just going to give you the education, confidence, and knowledge mm-hmm. to recognize an attack, shut it down. Best way to win a fight mm-hmm. is not being one in the first place. Absolutely. Shut it down. And then, heaven forbid, if we have to handle gunfire, then how are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it, that's that, those are good points is, is you have to be prepared and, and, uh, and we have to understand that attacks are a reality and they can happen anywhere before we went on air you were talking about the pennsylvania the amish you know school yes. attack and that's a good point you know a lot of people said it cannot happen here uh i was working as a chief of police in uh, central pennsylvania on 2 october 06 when we got a call for resources to be sent to nickel mines mm-hmm. now if you've never known where nickel mines is at mm-hmm. if you could imagine an amish school in the middle of rural agrarian pennsylvania if it can happen there that's right it can happen anywhere that's right and unfortunately i always said this way nickel mines for pennsylvania law enforcement was kind of like at pearl harbor mm-hmm. or at 9-11 it was burnt into that dna yeah yeah this is what really excited and pushes them still to this day right right and that wasn't somebody mad at amish that wasn't somebody that wanted to go kill kids in a school that was a sexual assault correct uh, the basis of that was was uh was he was a pedophile uh and and uh, so so it doesn't have to be the clearest thing the fifth third bank attack active shooter attack mm-hmm. um you know when i saw that on the news years ago i thought okay well they took away his mortgage they they repossessed his car they messed up his bank account no he had walked around in that that plaza where fifth third bank was he went to several other businesses just looking for somebody to, to, to where are the most people that i can shoot and it happened to be fifth Crime third bank. Of opportunity that's right that's right and, and let's go off track of what we're talking about you for now, but when we talk about crime of opportunity, uh, um, Fairfax, Virginia Beach, and now Roanoke has just made gun-free zones uh, in city buildings, city parks, the Berglund Center. They've got a gun show this weekend coming up at the Berglund Center, and uh, they're going to go ahead and let them have it because it was contracted before, but it's going to go no firearms. So when we talk about soft targets... They've created soft targets now with, I can go to a park now in Roanoke and know that if law-abiding citizens are following the law, nobody's armed. So I can go there and snatch purses and, and you know, uh, whatever I want to do because there's not going to be any any, uh, any resistance. So what do you think about that? What are your, what's your thoughts on gun-free zones? You made a hunting zone. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. Exactly. Good God-fearing people right now know that they have no real means to protect themselves other than maybe an electronic 
pepper spray. Yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. Or, you know, and you cannot defend yourself with just good lucks alone. That's right. So they have made a hunting zone for the criminals. You're right. You're right. And that's a good way to put it. They've made a hunting zone. Um, so many active shooters, I don't ever mention their names, but so many, as you well know, uh, have targeted locations because they're gun-free zones. They're mm-hmm. least resistance. Um, what about some shopping tips? You know, what a lot of people ask me, they said, well, they come to a class like mine or yours, they mm-hmm. said, what's the first thing we should buy? Mm-hmm. And I always ask them, I said, have you got a good quality flashlight on you? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I said, if you have a light, you own the night. Everybody is afraid of the boogeyman. That's right. And how many flashlights do you have? Do you have one by the front door, back door, yeah. one by the electrical panel, one in your car, one by your bed? Yeah. And no, you don't need the one approved by the Navy SEALs. Right, right, exactly. You just need it can a be good run quality. over by a tractor trailer. Right. Yeah. You know, you need a good quality flashlight. Yeah. I also ask people, how many of you have a pocket knife? Yeah. And people look at me like I am losing my mind. Uh-huh. But I said, you know, Casey, you need to cut restraints, mm-hmm. maybe cut some cloth to make a tourniquet or That's something right. other or to tend to wounds. Uh, you know, what I always say carry needful things. Right. You know, a pocket knife or some multi tool, a good flashlight. Right. And then what oh just drives me insane is I'll ask people, Where do you have your first aid kit? I don't have one. Yeah. Why why not? Yeah. You know, so Somebody's got a new boat, give them a first aid kit. You know they're going to get a hook in their hand. Right, right. You know, I see the guys that buy the big guns to go hunting. I said, you know you're going to fall out of a tree stand. You might as well have a first aid kit. Yeah, yeah. Um, When you invite me over to your house to see your new grill, Uh I will probably bring you a fire extinguisher as a gift. Right, right. Why? Because we're dealing with fire. That's right. You know, don't give me a tie. Yeah. You know, for my birthday. Which is coming up, but don't right. give me a tie. I'm not going to wear it. Give me something useful, or right. as I say, needful things. And so I always ask people, you know, what should you give somebody? Give them something that they can use in a crisis. I always like it when I always tell people you should have training for like your groups that you go out together with, your hunting groups, fishing groups, mm-hmm. or even children's sporting events. Uh-huh. You know, does anybody have a good quality first aid kit in case before the medics can get here? And when we're not talking paper cuts. We're talking, or we right. could be talking paper cuts, but we want to make sure there's there's some way to severely to stop severe bleeding, tourniquet, correct, chest wound. Yeah. One thing that I've always pushed to organizations, churches, or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a good group building dynamic is to teach first aid and CPR right, and also to stop the bleed which is hard to find in this particular area of the world yeah. uh, which is tourniquet and hemostatic dressings and it's good team building mm-hmm. but I love it when somebody looks at me and she goes a lady will say well you know my husband knows CPR so I don't need to know it oh, boy. but in case he falls down yeah maybe you've got a big life insurance policy on it is that yeah, the yeah, yeah, that, that, exactly yeah. <laughs> so I always said this is good team building and yeah. just recently I had a call from a friend of mine in Pennsylvania where they actually saved a colleague of theirs mm-hmm. that had the big one. Yeah. And the thing of it is, at all the years that I taught first aid and CPR, I always found out you're not going to do it to save some mutt in the street. It's usually a friend or a loved one because you're around them the most. You're right. So, you know, give somebody a, a free gift certificate for first aid or CPR. Yeah. Yep. It's a great thing yep. to do. That's a good, you know, that that's really good to, to drive home is what you said is because every Christmas and every birthday, you know, of, of relatives, my wife and I will say, what are we going to get this person? You know, we've already got them everything. And what you bring up is practical. Get them a good tactical flashlight. Didn't have to be, you know, like you said, doesn't have to be Navy SEAL, but a good, I like the strobe on the flashlight mm-hmm. because it can, can throw Visual the distortion. bad guy off. Yeah, right. yeah. 
Um, but you know that that's a good that's a really good thing for people that are hard that are having a hard time finding Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. What's wrong with giving a fire extinguisher? What's wrong with giving a couple tourniquets or a first aid kit or like you said a flashlight or a pocket knife or something to cut the seatbelt when you run your car into a, a pond and you're sinking? I can't get the seatbelt off. Oh, good multi tool. Yeah, I, multi-tool. I, I have seen people try to take their car apart just to say they used a multi tool. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what else do you have? We talked about some stuff um, before we got on. Uh, you got a ton of, of safety. safety. Uh, well, when we talk about gun ownership, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a lot of people come to you and want to learn handguns or whatever. You know, that's, the big word to me is responsible gun ownership. Yes, yes. All caps, all big R, yes. responsible. And it goes from everything from safety at home, right. safety of storage, right. maintenance, um, the whole thing. But here's, I'm going to tell a story real quick. Mm-hmm. I was in a gun shop a couple of years ago. And it was a young couple in there, and a blue collar guy. You know, did they have much money? You, you know, you, he's probably working hard for a living. Yeah. And he was trying to convince his young wife he was looking at this three thousand dollar AR platform to protect his family. Now, you and I would have been jealous of that weapon. Right. We right. wanted it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing of it is, he hadn't even got to the optics and all the other mm. add-ons or whatever. But he couldn't function it. He did not know how to open the bolt, wow, how to do anything. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, one, he's not can't use it for hunting because he cannot mm-hmm. use a, a semi-automatic rifle mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania for hunting. So it's only for self-protection. And I thought to myself, I said, he doesn't need a $3,000 gun. No. He needs maybe a $100 gun if That's he can right. find one and about $2,900 worth of good training. That's right. And I mean hands-on training. That's right. Because the years that I've worked security in gun shows, I've seen people like, where do you put the bullets in it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the pointy ends go in better. Yeah, but the- or they put the wrong bullets in. Oh, or, absolutely. Or I, I've uh, I just had a girl this morning call. She wants to take the the concealed permit class, mm-hmm. and she called and, and wrote me a message and said, um, "I understand that in Virginia, your hunter safety class will count for that." And I said, absolutely, you can take your hunter safety certificate, go down to the clerk's office and get your concealed permit, but you're leaving yourself open for a lot of liability. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in the hunter safety class, and that's a great class that Virginia puts on, but it doesn't cover what you need to know when you're carrying concealed. And that goes back to the guy with the AR, is just because you have an AR, you can actually do more damage than hurt or than good he doesn't understand even how to operate it no. much less what the legal implications and that's are. not an easy gun to learn to operate that no. shouldn't be your first gun to learn to operate as no. a semi-automatic and the other thing i really applaud you for teaching the concealed weapons you know i understand open carry yeah yeah and you know but I, here's my problem with open carry it, and i look through a different set of eyes I, when i put my eyes on as a bad guy uh-huh. i'm saying if i wanted to do something evil here Here's a guy that's open carry. He is the alpha person that's in right. this group. That's right. He's got to be the one that's got to be taken out he, first. He's the target. He goes down. I have another weapon in case this one runs dry. Yep. Whereas if you're concealed, they don't know where the protectors or the sheepdogs are. Carry concealed and go unnoticed. It's a polite society yep. when everybody's concealed. Yeah. And I always thought about that. You know, Did ne- Georgia have open carry? Yes, they did. Okay. And it Florida was- did not when I was a cop. So when I moved up here to Virginia, I was like, whoa, what is that? It's, it's a bit weird. But the thing of it is, don't show 
you know, when if you and I sit down and play cards, right. I'm not going to show you my right. cards. Right. Why should I show you what I've carried? And I worked with guys in Daytona, bad guys in Daytona, and I'm sure you had them in Savannah, gang members that I can easily tell you that they would say, if we had open carry as initiation, go up and knock that guy in the head and take his gun and run with it. Oh, absolutely. Just then because they gun. can. Just they because they can, and they will. And it's a free gun. Yeah, yeah, free gun. So, so you know, yeah. I, I really applaud the, the CCW training. You know, I cannot say enough. It takes a lot of responsibility to, in today's world. Mm-hmm. With a, we live in a very litigious society, to where if you're going to be a responsible gun owner, it's not just pick it up and load it up. You're and go right, off. and so many people think think that it is. And you've got you've got to have some training. You got to have some knowledge. You know, I always want to know what your KSAs are: knowledge, skills, and abilities. Mm-hmm. And but then again, too, the gun is not the sole solution. Right. Uh, still, do you have a flashlight on? Right. You, you know, in case someone came in through the power, I cannot see a, acquire a target. I got to have a flashlight. Right. You know, do I have a knife to cut a strap? Do yeah. I have any of these little accoutrements? So it's one or two little things right. add up a lot. And, and like I've preached for years in my firearm safety classes, which is the concealed permit class, but. Uh, the very last thing you want to do is shoot somebody. The very last thing. Yeah. Is, you know, you want to have every tool and every verbal skill that you can uh, to de-escalation. not de-escalation techniques, calming techniques. And if you can get out of there without shooting somebody, then more power to you. I, I don't. People can call me every name in the book, pansy, wimp, whatever. If I can tuck my tail and run and not have to shoot somebody, that's what I'm going to do. However, we also say, if, if you know, if they give you no other choice, don't hesitate. You have to do what you got to do. I'm going to get the quote wrong, but it's a great quote from uh, Miyamoto Musashi. And it's basically the, the gold objective of martial arts is not to have to use that's them. That's right. And that is so key and That's right. There. Don't put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And that's another thing, too. I always try to talk to my classes real quick about, you know, are you pre-scanning? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what is your tactical mindset? And you think, well, I'm a civilian. I don't need a tactical mm, mindset. You do. I'll tell you a quick story. I had a dear friend of mine. Uh, he's passed away a few years ago. One night, he's coming in for a midnight shift. He pulled into a convenience store in downtown Savannah. Mm-hmm. The only thing on his mind was he needed a pack of Marlboro Reds and the biggest coffee he could get because he had a midnight shift coming up. Yep. Uh, hopped out of his car, left it running, walked into the door, two guns were shoved in his face. Mm. He walked into an armed robbery. Was he in uniform? Were, were, no, he wasn't in uniform. It, okay. And off duty. Off duty. Yeah. And I'm like, didn't you stop and look? You know, when you see people with their hands up yeah. and all like that, that's a clue. Or the gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially but, with a cop. Yeah. But the problem of it is, in his defense, God rest him, it was one of those convenience stores that had all the sale flyers up and you couldn't see that's in That's right. That's, that's right. another thing, too, visibility. That's right. But I always tell people to practice, you know, scanning. Yeah. You know, look and take these little additional safety tips. My, my favorite one, which drives Mrs. Harvey crazy. Mm-hmm. We check into a hotel. The first thing I do is go down to the hotel and look at the exit and see where it comes out. <laughs> I do the same thing. Does it come out on the Alpha, Bravo, yep. Charlie, or Delta side of the building? Yeah, yeah. And then that's where I park my vehicle yep. in case I have to escape. I'm in my vehicle and really leave. I do the same thing. But, you know, most people, when they get into a hotel room, what do they look for? They look in the mini bar to see somebody left something uh-huh. wrong. You know, uh-huh. no. I'm one of those guys. I want to know where the fire extinguisher's mm-hmm. at. I want to know where the exits come out. Yeah. Which side of the building. And if you think about a hotel motel room when you go in that room a lot of times if you don't do that when you come out you're you're thinking wait was the elevator right or left 
Which right. way was? Which way were the stairs? You don't remember. Right. So what you're doing is forcing yourself to remember because you've now you've done it a couple times. Mm-hmm. You went to the room. You go to the exit. Yeah, absolutely. These are little things. Yeah. I call them life tip, life hacks. Yeah. You know, and the thing of it is, with a lot of people, they want to go through life unencumbered and happy. Condition white, yeah. But we know we live in a different world. Yeah. We know we have to do a couple of little other things. Right. Uh, and, and I've known you a while. You don't live in paranoia. I don't live in paranoia. It's just a it's just a situation that we go and check out our surroundings. We enjoy the hotel and go down and have something to eat. Sit out by the pool, but we're completely comfortable because we know those surroundings. So it's not living in paranoia or fear. It's just I just need to know my surroundings in case something happens, and then I can relax and have fun. It goes back to my famous quote: "But what if then thinking?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell my, all my students. I have taught this for years. I've written about it. But what if then thinking? Because you cannot go through a situation like going to a new hotel mm-hmm. with plan A. Yeah. There's always got to be a secondary or tertiary plan. Yeah. You know, if this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do this. You know, da 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 da. And am I overthinking? No. That is what you got to be responsible because, as I always tell, you know, my classes, I say, look, you know, evil lurks out there. Oh, yeah. You got the wolf. Yeah. You know, and, you know, your family might be the little sheep. Mm-hmm. But we got to have the protector. You got to be that sheepdog to protect them. Right. And we know from all studies that when people hit a situation of denial, they're either going to go 10% catatonic, 80% they will follow and do whatever people tell them to do, and only 10% are going to be the leaders. My goal in life as an instructor is to increase that 10% leaders to more. I would like to see zero catatonic. And if you, I have seen it, you've seen it, if you ever see anybody in a crisis in catatonic state, yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes more people to tend to them than yes, does a sucking it death does. wound. It does. Because they are They're in the headlight. They shut down. They freeze. And yeah. they walk like Frankenstein because all yeah. they have is large muscle movement. It may take two or three people to walk one That's of them. That's right. Whereas you get somebody with a chest wound, one medic can handle that yep. person. So, yeah. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah. I like to go to... Um, you're probably the same way. I like to go to... When I'm at the grocery store or the mall, I'll watch people. Even as I'm just walking through, if I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm watching people. Like, Every cop I know is a people yeah, watcher. Yeah, people yeah. watcher. And it's it's absolutely amazing how many people are completely clueless out there at their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Number one, the phone has them distracted, but it's it's amazing how how many ladies with their kids and and even guys are are just in parking lots completely clueless. One of the things that they always I harp on all the time is and you can see it in any parking lot mm-hmm. man woman doesn't matter mm-hmm. they have their arms full they've got their sacks or whatever mm-hmm. and or even if they're leaving their business their briefcase and their lunchbox and then they wait till they get to the car to fumble for the keys that's right they should have that key out before they exit safety yeah, yeah. and you know like me I got a little flashlight on my key ring mm-hmm. just in case I yeah. You know, need to see it, you know, in the dark yeah. and you know, the light goes out. But the thing of it is it's in my hand, it's ready to go, click it on. Yeah. I got a panic alarm there too to hit, which they go off so much nobody pays attention right. to. Right, yeah, they do. But you should have your keys in your hand before you exit safety. Yeah. Yeah. The you know, working larger cities as we have in larger malls and, you know, surroundings, I, I like to see people when they get out of their car. One out of ten will do this. They will look up at the pole 
and get the pole number where uh-huh. they parked. Uh-huh. But then later on, you see that the other nine walking around going, where did I park? That's right. That's right. Just little preparing yeah. tips is yeah. all it takes. That's right. I always, uh, when I go to the grocery store, if I get a couple bags, as long as I can carry them in one hand, I'll do that. But I always have one hand free. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can't carry them all in, in one hand, then I'll bring a cart to the car. But I want that one hand free, uh, usually my right hand, for obvious reasons, keys and, and other things if I need to get to you them. You might but have to salute somebody. That's right. You might have to salute somebody. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. When you talk about a car alarm and nobody... Uh, Nobody, uh, you know, pays any attention. The car alarms go off. Nobody even looks anymore. It's just so common. I, I, I thought about making an invention of a car alarm that sounds like a fart. <laughs> because <laughs> right now you're laughing. You're laughing. People, if you were to have a car alarm that when it went off, everybody, everybody's going to look and laugh. But at least they're bringing attention to that car. So let's well, I'm, do that. Thinking, I'm thinking of the big diesel trucks that's now right. with all of that. that, that <laughs> those already, those would have there. to be louder they're, ones, louder and more powerful. They're already there. That's right. That's right. So let's do that and we'll become millionaires. If you were to tell, in wrapping this up, if, if you were to tell, let, let, okay, we'll, we'll target a couple different people. If you were to tell a church one thing to do to keep safe and then switch that to a mom with her kids going shopping for the day, what would it, what would it be? Usually when I'm reached out by a house of worship, is usually by the minister himself or uh-huh. the ministerial staff. Mm-hmm. And I always say, KYP, know your parish, yep. know your people. Right. You know, and that changes right. because you may have one couple going through a bad divorce and we're worried about a child snatch. Mm-hmm. That That's reality. We may have somebody who's become dysfunctional or fell off the way. Uh, they slid back into apostasy or whatever right, right. drugs. Yeah. So you need, and it's a constant thing for them to know their people right. where, the, where the alarm should be. The thing of it is, to, for, you know, when I look at a, a family, a mom, a dad, or whatever, it is you are the protector of your children you're the protector of your mate spouse yeah you want to call them so that's the reason why you both of you should be trained both of you should be thinking and i'll be honest with you there's a lot of times mrs harvey will look at me and said have you got this on you or have you, you, yeah you, yeah you know, yeah i get that you know, yeah you know did you take your glasses again or yeah. whatever right the thing of it is you know we are co-responsible working as a team right you know we cannot no longer say well you know my husband's going to take care of me. Uh-huh. My wife's going. Daddy's uh-huh. going to take care of me. I think we work as a team. The other thing is we should train as a team. This is my closing on it. Children have been trained an active shooter. Mm-hmm. Most adults haven't. Mm-hmm. So when we train adults an active shooter, I always look at them and say, if you don't have this training tonight, you're going to have to look at your eight-year-old grandchild and say, what does grandpa need to do? Exactly. Exactly. And the other problem is this. You know and I know there have been changes in active shooter response from Columbine towards Virginia Tech or whatever in what the students do. Mm-hmm. So we have the first generation of active shooters that have been trained differently than the ones that have been going on now. Right. So it is something that we need to train for what I call the new normal. Mm-hmm. And the new normal is no more than, and I never use the word active shooter as much as I call it active killer right because everybody thinks guns you know we've seen vehicle uh, born explosives yep. arson is increasing fire is increasing yep. edge weapon attacks are through the roof in the but UK we don't hear about those because it doesn't fit the agenda for getting rid of guns correct but, but you guys if you're listening what he's saying is absolutely correct the edge weapons knives swords swords broken bottles mm-hmm. those attacks are on the rise but it, the media is not going to put that out because it doesn't fit the agenda 
If you want to go to one little quick website, it's the ATKI, American Tool and Knife Institute. Mm -hmm. They are kind of like, I hate to use this analogy in a way, mm -hmm. they're kind of like the NRA for knives. Okay. But they are, and they're not, it's the knife industry's uh, advocacy. Right. The best way to describe them. Uh, they're free. They'll tell you the knife laws. I can easily see more people get jammed up over knife laws than they do over firearm laws. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, different states have different carry links and things of this nature. But that is a good free website, and, and it's also a good place to go to get information. And say it again. ATKI, American Tool and Knife Institute. ATKI is the website. Yeah, check that out if you're a knife carrier or if you want to know uh, information about that. Yeah, that, that's interesting. In closing... Um, I know um, you've written some really good articles. Just what are some, tell us a couple articles and where people can find them to read them. Right now I'm a contributing editor for officer.com, mm -hmm. uh, ofofficer.com. Mm -hmm. uh, I do the a lot of the leadership and training stuff for them. I also work for policemag.com. Uh -huh. uh, Police Magazine still is you know one of the older publications as well. Uh, a couple of the magazines, unfortunately, has went out of business yeah. uh, through the years. And you know, so a lot of those are still out there if you search them hard. But Officer.com is my main one. Officer.com actually has a lot of good articles. If you want to hear the truth about police work mm -hmm. and not get all your information from Facebook, then Officer.com is a good eye-opener. If, you if you're listening and you haven't been a police officer or you don't know a lot about the... Uh, the dynamics of a police department, that's a really good, uh, officer.com is a really good. Piece. And right now they're coming out with a new paper magazine as well. So yeah. be sure, be sure if you're a law enforcement officer or into business or whatever, yeah. be sure you subscribe to the hard copy as yeah. well. Yeah. Because I'm still one of the older guys that likes to feel paper. Me too. Me <laughs> so, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good magazine. Yeah. Good. Good. Excellent. I really appreciate you being here. That's some good information. My pleasure. And thank you for what you do. You're keeping a lot of people safe. You're putting a lot of good publications out there uh, that, that law enforcement officers and non-law enforcement officers can read and, uh, and get up to date on the truth. There's so much media uh, false information out there that people need to follow, guys like you and I, and, and what you're writing and the publications you're putting out there and who you're putting them with. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Active Listening with T4 Tactics. Um, William Harvey, <clears throat> a uh, retired guru of a couple different police departments, uh, detective, your detective sergeant uh, in Savannah. Yeah, working some high-profile crimes. So thanks for being here. And you guys remember, be safe, reduce injuries, and save lives. Take care.